Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, and welcome to The Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. If you're a regular listener of this podcast, for which I thank you, you probably know that like anything athletic or outdoors or remotely sporty is just not my jam. I'm not that person, you know what I mean? And people in my life know that about me, which is why they're always surprised to learn that I'm a huge, huge, we're talking huge fan of the CBS reality show Survivor. That's right, I'm a Tribal Council-loving, drop-your-buff Survivor fanatic. And just so it's known, I've always kind of giggled a little bit when Jeff Probst says on the show, drop your buffs, which are like the bandanas that they wear to identify what tribe they're on. But when I hear him say this, it always makes me think he's telling them to drop their pants. I don't know why he's not saying that. I know he's not saying that, but every single time he says it, I kind of giggle. I know, I'm a child. Anyway, yes, I love Survivor. It really is that perfect mix of social politics and insane challenges. But for me, it's all about the reaction the players have to everything around them. I've always believed if you want to see who somebody is deep down, listen or watch to how they react to things because it always says a lot about a person. And Survivor is like catnip for that. Every episode is a bowl of wild reactions and people deliberately backstabbing other players. It's delicious. And it's that recipe for entertainment that has kept Survivor on for 20 plus years now. In fact, the show isn't showing any signs of slowing down. A great example of that is how the show picked up an Emmy nomination this year for Outstanding Reality Competition Series after a 17-year absence from the category. That's so impressive and honestly so well-deserved because this last season of Survivor was one of the best I have ever seen. Go back and listen to my chat with Carson Garrett from last season. That link is in this episode's show notes. Okay, enough of a lead-up to today's guest because, like, the level of excitement that I had to chat with Jeff Probst is actually, it's kind of bonkers. Like, I'm a grown person and I became a fanboy talking to him. I swear, I swear, you know this about me. I'm a professional, you know it, but with Jeff Probst, I became a fan. But what's so great about talking with Jeff is that he's a natural storyteller. It's very easy to get lost in whatever he's saying. He literally paints a perfect picture for you and you become like his eager audience. And this explains why he's been so popular with fans over the years. I'm a student of TV, like I love TV a lot, and over the course of television history, there have been a few figures that kind of transcend everything, you know, politics, genres, whatever it is. They're not polarizing at all. These figures come to represent not only who we are, but kind of who we want to be. And also, they give us stability. They allow us to know that they'll be there year after year. 
I'm thinking of people like, of course, Walter Cronkite, Oprah Winfrey, Carol O'Connor, Mary Tyler Moore, the staples of television who were always and will always, always be there. Thank you for streaming. In my opinion, I'd add Jeff Probst to that list. We want to not only kind of be him, I mean, he spends most of his year on a beach, like he has the best job in the world, but we also just want him to make sense of everything. And you'll hear that in our chat today, not to mention what you can expect from season 45 of Survivor, which you can watch on CBS and Paramount Plus. You know, everybody here has a story. I was born in Cuba. My parents didn't really have money. I'm a veteran from the United States Marine Corps. I turned down like Yale, MIT. It's my life dream to live off grid and grow my own food. Millions of people listen to my music. My great grandmother was not able to pay her rent. So my grandfather, he went and robbed the bank. I'm an efficient person, which is really just a nice way of saying I'm neurotic. Let's go. I'm a big fan of villains. I'm not a bully, but I'm opportunistic. I live in Boston, Massachusetts with my 85-year-old grandmother. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have said her age. I am starting over. I'm older than everyone else in my law school class. And this is my second chance. 26 days, which means the game plan is simple. Hit the gas. These 18 strangers have agreed to be abandoned in the islands of Fiji. I've been waiting a long time to step on this beach. They must learn to adapt or they'll be voted out. The game is more volatile than ever. In the end, only one will remain to claim the million dollar prize. I'm back, baby. Let's go! This is my bank out here. I can rob this bank. I can take from these people. If I make a million, I'm moving out of grandma's house. God, here we go. <laughs> so, go on and grab a snack, because I'll be right back with Jeff Probst. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I have to start with, it's the question that I like, I feel like is the most boring question, but it's also the most obvious question. What can we expect from this new season? Like, I want to know, but I also know the answer, you know? <laughs> well, but it is a legit question, especially given our history, where for so many seasons we did have, we'd either theme it based around a country or we would theme it based around a big idea that was the name of the season. But really, when we redesigned the game in Survivor 41, the long-term goal was to create a world where 
uncertainty was so prevalent that the uncertainty in and of itself was an obstacle. So that's what we are trying to do when we put, so to start, we put in a lot of new dangerous twists in the game. And that first couple of seasons, players were really caught off guard. And in many ways, I think the game played them. But what we felt was if we can ride this for a while, that we'll get to a point where we're deep enough into the new era that the players know to expect the unexpected. And as a result, they're better prepared to adapt to whatever might happen. And so in terms of your question, I think what it really means is that with each, which, with each season, the gameplay is going to get more sophisticated and nuanced as the players began to take the game back in their hands. And you really see that in 45. I think it, it's a, a significant shift in terms of players coming in and saying, we know what might be coming at us. Yeah. So we don't have to worry about that because we know it might be coming at us. And that's, so I think, I really think this is going to be a really great season of layered strategy and we have 90 minutes. So we have time to really explore it and show it. The the announcement of the ninety minutes was just like I mean euphoria for fans of the show. It was, and I have a question. I'm I'm good friends with Carson from last season, and both of us divided yeah. this question because we both were very eager about it. Are is like because there's going to be ninety minutes. That means like in past seasons, there's probably lots of unreleased footage. What happens to that footage? And do you ever plan to do something with that footage? Well, we do release. These We used to call them secret scenes. We've called them lots of things. But th- those are really the way we do it, Alan, is we cut the episode. Even We're aware of the time constraints because we're on linear. We have to be this specific, you know, 42 minutes, 43 seconds, whatever it is. But we still will be maybe 10 minutes long, which is a long, a lot of extra scenes. And then you have those tough decisions of what do we pull out? Like we hate losing this, but strategically we can lose it and, and it's the game still makes sense. And then we've put them online. But I have been thinking more about it's interesting timing of your question because this season, I don't know if we'll have as many extra scenes because we have much more time to put them into the episode. But in general, I have been talking to CBS just about how can we package this in a way that takes a fan that wants to know, and instead of just putting the scene up there, can we give it context? And can we say, here's how it did impact the game. Doesn't change anything by not being in the episode, but if you want to see, it's like seeing a scene in a movie that you had to pull, but it tells you something about the characters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be so great. I have to say though, the changes you made in 41, I thought was such, I mean, my boyfriend and I are huge fans of the show. And when those changes happen, like, that I think got the show to a whole new era, which then mm. of course returned you to the list of Emmy nominations in this, this last season, which I think those changes really led to that moment. What do you think it was about last season that, cause last season I felt was like a game changer for survivor. It was such a great season. What do you think? Well, why, why do you think it was a game changer? Because I feel like it got back in a weird way. It got back to, I think the roots of why survivor has been great for so, so long. And that like, 
it really is about the underdog oftentimes it's about mm. you know, i was rooting for you know the the carson jam jam and and carolyn like i was but also yeah. i was having struggles about them because i thought carolyn was like unstable i was like all these different things i'm like having this moment mm. throughout the entire season and it just felt like that they they knew the game they knew the changes to the game and they were using that underdog status in a way that just was exciting television. Mm. And do you, I mean, what do you think it was last season? Well, I, th- I think I agree with you. I, I say great players make great seasons and we had an, and when you say great player, it doesn't mean you have to be, there's a, that definition of what is great to me is somebody who comes to play. You, you, you know, it's like, we always say to players, the only advice we can give you is play the first time as though you're playing for the second time, because when you're playing for the second time, you're not as worried anymore about swinging for the fence, but because you can't win survivor. If you're playing to not lose, no jury will ever give you the money. Even if you make it to the end, they want their playing. So they want to reward somebody who's playing. So that's what I mean by a great player. So I love survivor 44 because Great players make great seasons and we had an amazing group of people. And that's not because we shifted the game, game design. That's directly related to our casting team. We specifically talked about the type of person we wanted to put on the show while we were down during COVID. And it was a, it was a direct, it was a real shift. Let's get away from this and let's lean into that. And so our casting team knows the kind kinds of people we want on the show and they're excellent at finding them and getting them ready for what will be the biggest adventure of their life. And so, you know, being acknowledged by the Emmys after such a long time is really rewarding because there's no better compliment than to have your peers recognize, recognize your work. And it means a lot to everybody. I mean, Alan, we're, I don't know how much you know or how much Carson's told you, but we're a giant show. We have a crew of 400 main and then another 400 locals. So you're almost at a thousand people that make survivor. It's yeah. not just me and four other people. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. And it's so that nomination made me so happy. Cause I just, I was so invested in the season and when the nomination came out, it was just, mm. it was perfect. And it made me think like the show has been on for so long through so many different presidents, through so many different cultural changes in society <laughs> through, I mean, it really has, a generation of people have been born and raised on Survivor. And how do you think the show has remained so culturally relevant? It's a great question. I don't know that I have the answer. I it's really, this is really only a guess because I've talked about this with people a lot, but I, I tend to think it comes down to two things. And one is that the first is that, While the format of Survivor is a cleverly designed game of social politics, the real takeaway for the player runs much deeper. Survivor is an individual test that forces you out of your comfort zone and challenges your own ideas of what you're capable of, of achieving if you just say yes to the adventure. And the audience takes that ride along with the players, and we often see ourselves in the players. We say, I would never do that. I wonder if I could do that. Oh my God, that challenge is right up my alley. Oh, I can't believe they made that decision. So you're, you're disguising a hero's journey inside this game centered around human behavior. So I think that's one reason is that it just, there's something in us 
that is drawn to this journey that they're on. The second reason is that you kind of hit on it when you, you gave your list of presidents and all that is that the second reason is the topics that come up on the show are always of the moment because the people are of the moment. So whatever's happening in our culture often ends up finding its way into survivor and that keeps it timely and to- and authentic to where we are. If you if you were to go back and watch the previous 44 seasons in order, you could see where our culture was at any given time yeah. and how dramatically it shifted over the course of 22 years. You look back at seasons 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 and then you look at season, you know, 44. We're we're different. The way we talk is different. The things we talk about are different. Mm-hmm. The way we talk about, I mean, that's something that I'll admit for myself, even just having watched the show over the years. I remember years ago I would watch and I was like, I'm a gay couch potato. There's no way I could be on Survivor. Like I would not mm. fit in this crew. This These straight dudes would be way, they'd eat me alive. Like I would not do this. And now in the past few years, it does feel like there has been from Survivor, but even just from the players, a comfortability to be able to have really mm. difficult conversations about diversity and the cultural impact of certain conversations and the way players have been treated in the past and not by the show, but by other cast members. And like those conversations have evolved over the years to make the show. And this is what I've always said, like a show like Will and Grace changed so that we could have gay marriage. I think Survivor is a mirror to society in a lot of ways that, mm-hmm. that we can have these cultural conversations and not yell at each other all the goddamn time and not not and be able to be in a tribe together and have difficult conversations. How do you think the conversations in the past few years around some really important diversity issues, different things has made the players even better, made the players more mm-hmm. exciting in a lot of ways? I think you kind of said it. I think it's, it goes just to repeat, it goes back to the type of people you put on the show. And we are looking for people who at their core are fundamentally good people. That doesn't mean you will like everyone or agree with everyone or the things they say, but we are looking for people that you want to invest in somebody like jam jam. He's very unique. And he may not be for everybody, but you can't deny that he's an authentically likable, funny person. And then who would ever imagine that Jam Jam would end up in a very tight friendship with someone like Carolyn, who at first glance, you think maybe shouldn't even be on the show. And then you find out, oh, no, she's incredibly clever and she's going to use your instant judgment against you in a way that's going to make you second guess ever judging somebody again. And then those two end up with Carson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those three players would, you would never look at the beginning of season yeah. 44 and say, well, I'd put those three together. They'll be a great pair. Totally. But because of the game design that forces you to rely on each other, to survive in a real jungle with no help while simultaneously deciding who to conspire against, leads to these, as you said, these really interesting and honest conversations that often center around our differences. How do, how do we end up together and how can we use our differences to be a force rather than the differences separating us? We can make these differences strengths for each of us, but it takes the right people. It takes people who see the world that way. And to your point, you put different people on the show. These, this could be just one big argument. 
But when we get it right, it can be really powerful and beautiful and a great example that we don't always have to be at odds with each other, even if we are different. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so true. I mean, there's one player that in the past, I remember when I saw her season, which I'm sure the rest of America also reacted this way. I was like, that's me, Sari Fields. I mean, Sari, yeah. immediately I was like, I can, okay, if she can do it, I can definitely try to do it. And when you said couch potato earlier, yeah. that's who I thought of. <laughs> yeah. So what? I mean, she's killing it right now as of this recording on Big Brother and she her impact on the game is huge. But I think in general, her impact on the other types of people who maybe apply to Survivor, I think she changed the type of people who probably you got mm. casting on the show. Totally. What what sort of impact do you think she had on the show? But also, how did how has the, the players that you cast changed over the years in terms of sort of like. Maybe the different types of people you're looking for or the different physicalities you're looking for. You know what I mean? Well, the type of people we put on the show has definitely changed over the years. But Sari would have been on the show in any season and would be if she applied today. What made Sari so unique at the time she did apply is she really was the first person that essentially said, I'm going to get up off of my comfortable couch and I'm going to go try this. And there is nothing about me that should be out there living in the jungle other than my desire to see if I could go out there and live in the jungle. So in the Hall of Fame, the Survivor Hall of Fame, and she may be the single best ambassador the show has ever had. Everybody involved with Survivor loves Suri. But what I think really cemented her with people is having the courage to put herself out there. And, and if you, if you watch her first few days on her first season, she is the epitome of a fish out of water, but she hung in there and she adapted and then slowly discovered that her immense social skills and her undeniable likability were a real asset in this game of social politics. And I think it was that confidence that unleashed her faith to use her very savvy approach to strategy, which then turned her into one of the most powerful players who's ever played the game. She's never going to win Survivor. That We know that. She came close twice. It wasn't meant to be. That has no bearing on her, um, on her ranking as a great player. Sari has it all. It doesn't surprise me that she could go on to another show and do well and then go on to Big Brother and do well. She's a, she's a she's a really cool human that's very very smart and very charming and she can still even though you know all of this, she can still find a way to get you to trust her knowing she will probably betray you yeah, and she'll yeah. do it with this beautiful smile that makes you go, well, if it had to be anybody, I'm glad it was Sari. <laughs> yeah, Sari smiled at me. I'm okay. That's, I mean, right. it's so wild. I wrote out this the other day that you know you're a badass if you can lose at the game and yet still be a legend. Like, you can continually lose at the game and still be an icon. That's just badass. I mean, there's no one Al else like Alan, that. We tell pe people this all the time in the before the show begins. We say, just in terms of what I know you're all thinking, you're already all thinking, I hope I get asked back to play again. And you haven't even played a one minute yeah, yeah. of your season. So we'll just answer that question for you. How far you go in the game 
has zero bearing on whether we invite you back or not. 0.0. We, we invite people back that we thought really came out and played. And that's simply it. If you come out and you Boston Rob was out like fourth or something the first time he played, I remember him sitting in the hallway of the hotel as we were getting ready to leave, go to the airport. And cause at that point, everybody all still stayed together. And I remember him saying, Hey, probes invite me back. I got more game than me. And I remember thinking, I know you do. It doesn't matter that you were fourth out. You played. And often when you play, you make a decision and you're out. But the, but the flip side of playing from fear to not mess up, well, have fun. You're never coming back and you're never going to win. It's a terrible idea. So I think, I, so I think really that's, yeah, that's ultimately what it's about. Incredible. Well, I have two more questions for you. And yeah. one is about you. I think, I mean, I'm a big fan of TV history and I follow TV history and your presence on television is the, of the past of this 21st century really is the only constant remind. We know Jeff Probst will be back next season. We know uh, we can always see Jeff Probst on TV and uh, it's a comforting thing to have that sort of stability in a world that is often very much not stable. If we have one thing, we have survivor. So I want to know, I want to know like, how do you keep, how do you, what keeps you coming back year after year besides the paycheck? Like, how do you keep coming? Right. Back? Well, I appreciate what you said. Um, I love survivor in the four. And, and I don't mean like a sycophant. The format is tremendous and I love people. And I love watching how we behave and observing how quickly we can find ways to justify our ethics. And what makes this job so fun is that we get to redesign the game every season and then turn it over to a new group of humans to see what they do with it. We have no say in who stays or who goes. We have no say in who finds an idol or what they do with it. We have no say in who's going to win a challenge. All we're doing is watching. And and I say to players often, just remember, the game is the MacGuffin. It's not about the game design. It's what you do with it. So that's why, you know, in in season, even in early of 41 and 42 and players were frustrated with all the twists, I would say, you can be frustrated all you want, but all you're doing is taking your eyes off the prize. The game is here. And now what are you going to do it? So I'm constantly, and I mean this constantly inspired by the people we put on the show. And despite what they might think, I am their biggest fan because I'm a witness to what they go through in pursuit of their dream. And I can assure you, it's never easy. Survivor's 100% real. There's no help off screen. There's no bathroom. There's no contact with the outside world. It's a completely immersive experience that takes you from your ordinary world and drops you in the middle of a jungle and challenges you emotionally, physically, and mentally. And I get a front row seat to watch that. And I am constantly inspired and then five minutes later deliciously entertained by some (laughs) incredible blind side and i see a shocked face of somebody who realizes they made the wrong move i like it all because it is just a game but it's a game that if you if you give your heart to it it can change your entire life and how you see the world and how the world sees you yeah well my last question for you and it's an easy one is 
I'm not a beach person. I'm one of those people that 10 minutes <laughs> on the beach, I'm looking for a Starbucks or something, you know? So, and you've been on the beach for, you spend a lot of your time on a beach. Yeah. I mean, every single year. Do you ever want to do like survivor British countryside? Like, do you want to do it like a diff, like maybe like German jungle or something, you know, forest? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a fair question. If you look at our history, we, we went all over the world for years and that was really fun. I mean, I, you know, going to somewhere like Cambodia where you get to go to Angkor Wat and have your mind blown and then use it in your show is really very rare air in terms of being a show producer. But after this many years, I have come to believe that the location is not as significant as the people and the format. And the reason I said, I love this format is it's a, it's a very small box. You take a group of strangers, you force them to rely on each other while voting each other out. But as long as you stay inside of that box, it's gigantic. It's endless. There are nooks and crannies everywhere. And you can try so many things. I could have an idea this morning watching my dog take a nap and say, how do we get that same peaceful feeling in a player so they aren't seeing what's coming behind their back? How It's like a dog when they take a nap, but you know they're fully aware. You can have that kind of metaphor and turn it into something you can use on the show. Anything can work on Survivor. So, I never really spend any time anymore thinking about where we should shoot the show. I spend all of my time thinking, what should we try next on the show? Yeah. Well, I would do well on the British countryside, just for the record. Um, <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jeff, for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you and I appreciate the prep and I love that you enjoy the show. Say hey to your husband. Oh, me. I will. Yeah, no, I love the show. It's perfect. And I'm so excited for the new season. It's fun. It's, I, it really is fun. We have great people. I I, I'm excited wait. for you to meet them. I can't wait. Well, thank you again. All right. Talk to you later. Okay. So do you think that you could make it on Survivor? I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I would do well. I mean, physically, I know I would not do well, but I think I could probably talk my way out of a lot of things. And I probably would be pretty good at backstabbing people. Like, I don't know. I, I think I can, I think I would do well at that. I can keep a straight face, which I know you're probably laughing at that because it's kind of ironic. Um, again, I'm a child. Why? Why do I go in this direction? Anyway, okay. Let me know if you think you could make it on Survivor. I'm H. Allen Scott on everything. And thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. I hope you're able to leave a little rating and review wherever you're listening to this podcast. And also on Spotify, you can react to this episode like in Spotify. So let me know what you think. I'm looking on Spotify and I want to know. Please, please leave a comment there. And for the latest news and podcasts, head to Newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all the social platforms. And while you're there, subscribe to my newsletter for the culture. Until then, watch something fun and drop your buffs. <laughs> That's a callback. That's what I did right there. Oh, yeah.